Salam everyone, welcome to the Abwan Chronicles podcast, a podcast hosted by five black Muslim women, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra, Umul Khair, and your girl Hafsa living her best life out in self-imposed exile in London, UK. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, politics, and more. So tell us, what's your dream job? Darling, I've told you several times before, I have no dream job, I do not dream of labor. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Abwan Chronicles podcast. It's your girl Hafsa, and I will be your host for today's podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to say Ramadan Mubarak to all of you. I hope you are having a wonderful and blessed month full of ni'mah and barakah and all the good things. And I also wanted to say thank you guys so much for holding us through our annual Ramadan fundraiser every single year. So every single year in the month of Ramadan, for those of you who don't know, uh, us on the podcast, we set up a GoFundMe page to help put five kids in Somalia through school. It has been a really wonderful and exciting endeavor. And honestly, we could not thank you guys enough for all the help and support that you've given us to help these kids. We will be continuing it, of course, this month as well. And the link for the GoFundMe page will be in the description below. Do not forget, charity does not decrease your wealth. And in this month of Ramadan, you know, you need to get your points up, guys. Let's get to it. Okay, now back to today's episode. So today's episode was actually meant to be about or kind of part two of our Money Matters episode that we did before. So about investing, you know, alternative sources of income, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. To be honest, I found that I couldn't be sincere. I just didn't have the energy for it. I wasn't really feeling it because if I'm going to be real, this whole job thing, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Am I too young to be this jaded? Perhaps. But somewhere between graduating from university and getting into employment, noticing the never-ending cycle of work, I feel like this ain't it. And for that reason, I decided to do this episode talking more about how work is a scam, how they tricked all of us. And I decided to invite two of my good friends on to interview and talk to about this. So sit back, relax. This may be a little bit of a downer, but I feel like it's an honest discussion that needs to be had more openly. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Ayad. I've got a PhD in clinical research and at the moment I work in clinical trials. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ayan. You're working in, in a, I can imagine, a very hectic field, a very busy field. There's pressures from, from a research perspective, from a publication perspective, different people around. How do you deal with all that pressure? And I'm assuming also the hours must be quite crazy. I don't have a minute to think about, oh, this is giving me stress or this is stressing me out. I'm able to manage it. So you have to manage it. You don't You don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. Yes. That's kind of wild though, because you're telling me regardless of what the work is, regardless of what kind of effect it has on me mentally, physically, you have to power through. But I don't actually think about the whole mental aspects of things because the environment I grew up is not something that we focus on and I have the drive because of my experience and my family to never give up so because of that mentality and how I've been raised I'm able to just power through things and I've been able to always think about outside of the box so stress I'm able to manage it whereas I know the type of work that I have the corporate world um, a lot of people do complain about 
burnouts and uh, not able to manage their stress levels, not able to manage their work and life balance. Even if you don't think about it, it doesn't really matter whether you think about it or not. It's still going to affect you. No, no, no. I wasn't saying that I've never had an effect when it comes to work and stress and how to manage deadlines. Um, so at the beginning of my career, I did have uh, one stage where I did realize and I said, oh, I cannot manage this and I cannot do this for a long time. And the only way I was able to realize that is because I, I took a month holiday to go away from work, to think outside and, you know, see how my life is. And during that time, I was really honest with myself and I realized that I was not able to manage the high work and the high volume that I used to do. And I need to do, take a step back and say, how can I fix this? What can I do? What can be different? And is this something that I want to keep doing for the next 10 years? How far into your working career was that? I want to say about five years. Because when I started it, I was doing really well and I was taking on more and more projects to do. And by increasing that workload, I was just burning myself. I wasn't helping the company or myself. Well, I was helping the company. They don't have to hire someone else. <laughs> but um, Doing the work of three people. <laughs> I wasn't helping myself, yes. How, how did you do that? So when you got back from your trip and you decided you're going to prioritize yourself and get rid of all this additional work, what did you do? How did you go about it? So to prioritize myself, what I did is I spoke to my line manager and I said, I cannot continue working like this. I'm going to burn out. And I even threatened to say, I'll take a mental health day. And I thought, oh, if I'm away for three months, I'm sure they would take it you know, step back. Me being honest with my line manager and me being honest with myself, they were able to actually take a couple of the projects that I was working on and I was able to have um, a much more time for myself. And that time I was able to invest it in um, learning, increasing my uh, knowledge about certain aspects of things, increasing the way I work, the quality I was producing. And taking that time has actually helped my career Whereas if I was doing what I was doing before and burning myself, that wasn't giving me time to learn new skills. That wasn't giving me time to shape myself to the person that I wanted to be. You got a lot of the extra projects and the work that you're working on delegated to other people, as it rightly should have been. If I never spoke about it, I don't think that would ever be delegated to anyone else. Yeah, they're going to try their best to take advantage. And it's cheaper for them to have one person doing the work of three. If they see that you can handle it, they're never, ever going to say, don't do this. It's not good for you. It is the corporate world and also being second generation immigrant, we are taught to never give up and do more than the person next to you. So I think most of my work style came from home. And the way I was taught to not give up. You went to your work, you told them, cut down on the number of projects you're doing, but you didn't cut down your hours. Would you ever consider reducing the number of hours you work? Yeah, and I actually do believe in that our brains don't function more than uh, six hours. There's a lot of studies in Scandinavia where they looked at people and their working styles. That's why in Sweden and other Scandinavian countries, they actually have the six hour working day. So I do see myself in the future working less. Why not now? What are you waiting for? At the moment, I don't have the privilege to do that. So money. So money. I can completely relate to that. And I think that's a huge 
issue and factor for a lot of people. Um, we've talked about this multiple times before, you know, having to support people and like not being able to have savings because of all the people you support. No matter how much you make, there's always going to be another expense. Yeah, that's true. It's not something that we worry about because that's helping others has never been an issue in our communities. I don't think it's not something we worry about. I won't say it's not something we won't do. No, not completely. What I mean is it's not something that we can not do. Yeah. Because that's something part of our community, part of our identity that we do. But like you discussed, we don't have the privilege to say, I will stop working because, you know, Mm -hmm. we have people that depend on our salaries and we can't not work, but we could potentially reduce the hours. I think what's really important to know of is the same way it's important to say no at work. It's the same energy that you sometimes have to have with other parts of your life. Like those boundaries need to be set up everywhere. Yeah. If you look at the difference between us and the next generation, a lot of the priorities that we have, they don't have the same. 100%. So we cannot ever compare and say, Everyone is in the same position. Our parents came from a war or they migrated from their countries. They came to somewhere completely new where they had to learn the language. They have to teach themselves. So we saw those struggles. And that's why most of us have university degrees because we saw the struggles and we said, okay, how can we make our parents proud? And that's, you know, something that we don't think about, but it is the reasons that a lot of us are doing really well. If you, if you look at our generation, but a lot of us are burnt out, but we don't know how to take the step back because we always compare ourselves to our parents. Whereas the, the next generation, even our siblings that are 10 years younger than us, they have completely different priorities. And I love that for them because they're able to say no to a lot of things that we don't even consider to say no to. The sociologist and economist Max Weber argued that after the Reformation, one form of Christian Protestantism, Calvinism, encouraged a different attitude to work with far-reaching effects. Calvinists believed in predestination. A precise number of souls would go to heaven. The lucky ones had places reserved by God. However, most Calvinists were terrified there would be no seat awaiting them in paradise. They were always on the lookout for signs that they had been saved. One clear indication that they were on the guest list was that they were actively contributing to their community through their work. In his book, The Protestant Ethic and the Spirit of Capitalism, Weber argued that the Calvinists' need to reassure themselves through their industry was an important factor in the growth of capitalism in Northern Europe. They built up businesses that generated wealth, but at the same time lived thrifty lives. They reinvested any surplus and so helped fuel capitalism. Eventually, capitalism would have a life and momentum of its own. For our next guest, uh, you actually may recognize them. You want to introduce yourself, Pam? Hi, guys. Um, it's me, Tobias, of your timeline. Um, also known as... <laughs> Why trust you? That's so gross. <laughs> I don't. Anyways, I'm from Twitter. That's it. That's mm-hmm. My claim to fame. In case you remember, in case you recall any of the um, the Twitter threads, uh, rants on the internet. That's me. That's her. That's your homegirl. Type of riddled, like, but great ideas, if mm-hmm. I need to say myself. Check out her Substack. Just putting that out there. Oh my God, yeah. Plug it in while you Actually, can. Actually, 
Do do that. <laughs> what does it have? Like a? It's, I think it's also why trust me. I think it's Tobias. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, if you can't find it, we'll put in the link for the episode description. Um, in the episode description, and also go to her Twitter at why trust me. It's all there. So we invited you on today to chat about why working is a scam. Why it's all bullshit. We've gone on about it multiple times before in our personal time, and we said let's capitalize because <laughs> what else is there to do but to make sure profit your off your critique. Yeah, profit off your critiques, profit off of your hobbies, profit off of the things that you do for fun. Make money off of them, make them work. If you can't something, join them. If you can't beat them, join them. Exactly. Join the capitalist babes. Productivity. Productivity is key. Okay, now, why is hustle culture a scam? What is the problem here? Working of itself is a scam. Okay. Like, I think there is a really weird relationship with work, particularly for, I guess, millennials where work is no longer just a job that one does to, like, pay their way through life and, like, the monotony of existing. And it became, like, an identity. Like, it's who you are. Like, what you do is who you are. Whereas, like, previously, I think work was just something... You earned your honest living, you know, you went about your day, and if you, you know, worked in a store, you were a clerk, or you worked as a doctor, it, was, it wasn't who you are. When people meet you, they didn't... When they ask you, like, oh, your name, the second thing is, what do you do? And that's kind of how they gauge how they want to interact with you, how they respect you, how they treat you, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, your value became, like, what you did for a living. And I think that's even kind of being pushed further along where now it's no longer just who you are, but you yourself are the product you're selling with, like, social media. It's like, oh, people look down on nine to five or you're not earning enough or you're not, you just have a nine to five. You don't capitalize on your hobbies. You don't have a social media. You don't produce anything that is outside of that. It's almost a critique in and of itself. So Mm. I think, yeah, I think capitalism has people by the neck and it's all a scam, Mm. to be fair. I guess like the thing that you often have to remember is capitalism being a scam that's something that's been going on for a while but it's almost as if we've had to combine multiple issues together where you know once upon a time yes you know your job was to make money to feed your family now your job has become so much of your life because it has to have meaning it has to it has to be part of your essence and who you are and for your job to have meaning that means you have to put all your time into it and yes you need to still make money off of it because you need to do financially well the definitions of doing financially well don't just mean you know paying your bills or feeding yourself we're talking about extravagance we're talking about excessive amounts of wealth yeah i definitely think it's it's transitioned from just something that one does to live or survive or whatever to your identity of who you are and then now it's like okay but you also have to be enjoying your job you don't need to enjoy your job you like you don't have to have this deep meaningful connection if you work in an office it's just an office job but you have to make it seem like something more important. Therefore, you're inherently more valuable if you have meaning for your job. If you're spending 40 to 50 to 60% of your week at work, it has to have meaning. You have to justify spending all of this time doing this thing that you don't feel but passionate about. But of itself, because like, who told you it has to have meaning? Who told you you have to work 40 hours a week? But again, it's, it's that thing of like, why I call it capitalism, like on steroids. It's really even named late stage capitalism. We've passed that like now. It's insane because it's this weird thing of like I said, because you, your job has to be your identity and like who you are and your value, your self-worth, that like they've told you that 
you have to be enjoying it. And your work isn't just like your work friends or your work colleagues. They are now your friends. They are quote unquote your family. They have to have some deeper meaning. It's a lie. Like you, because if they tell you that, hey, work 40 hours a week or 80 hours a week or whatever it is and all these obscene amounts of time, but also don't enjoy it. It's like torture. It's like, but here, be in this torturous like situation that brings no sense of self, no sense of community, no sense of like genuine friendship or connections. Even when people talk about like your network is your net worth. What the hell does that even mean? It's meaningless, right? But we're trying to attribute meaning that we would get in like, um, you know, being an honorable person, being an honest person, things that we used to previously value as markers of like, someone worthy of respect or kindness or you know of community or partnership or friendship we've diluted all those things to simply what does this person do and in order to feed our i guess the other side of ourselves we've said that the job has to have a meaning yes i'm a corporate lawyer but that's somehow meaningful in and of itself and i enjoy it and it's everything that i've wanted to do since i was 12 no you didn't don't lie you even knew what a corporate lawyer was when you were 12 why are you lying just it's a job and you wear a fancy suit period there is actually a book called Bullshit Jobs by a anthropologist, mm. David Gerber, I believe. It's, it's, it's an essay as well when he first wrote it. Bullshit Jobs I define as a job where even the person doing the job secretly believes the job really shouldn't exist. Nonetheless, a part of the conditions of employment is that you have to pretend that it does. It's important to distinguish between bullshit jobs and shit jobs. Um, mostly when you say bullshit jobs, people at first assume you mean jobs that just you don't really want to have. Jobs where they don't treat you well, jobs where they don't pay you well. Most of the jobs that are shit jobs actually aren't bullshit jobs. Most of the jobs that um, oppress you are jobs like you know, cleaners or ditch diggers or, or nurses. Uh, a bullshit job, you're often given a lot of money. You're treated very well, a great deal of respect and um, often seen as you know the the person in your family who most made something of yourself but at the same time you're secretly haunted by the knowledge that you're not actually doing anything that if your job didn't exist at all the world either would change in no way or even might become a slightly better place we value attributes of like just excessive greed and like oh you have to like um network and you have to know all these people and you have to schmooze and like be polite to people because you never know they may be the next vp and you want to get in on them it's like everything is commodified right and it bleeds out to not just your corporate role or the job that you're in but your personal lives like are your friends valuable to you in some way do they bring something for you like oh i don't hang around with broke people because i don't want to be broke too it's insane right and that's things that people have internalized and put value on you have to be productive everywhere so your personal life why are we using productivity tools to run errands or to schedule in meetings with our friends or to book dinner with our family and our parents everything is commodified and everything has to have a time and everything has to be there's a utility to existing there's no enjoyment even like as a muslim person it's wrong. Like the, you can't put align them together. Like how can you say that your purpose is to worship Allah? Again, I don't know. I guess most of you um, listeners are Muslim anyway. But like your value and your existing is like you know your akhlaq, your tarbiyah, the friendships that you have, your salah. Bro, there are people they'll talk about like oh I don't fast because like I'm at work. Mm-mm. Like grown men, big big men. And this isn't to judge anybody, but moments like those, it's when you need to sit down and reevaluate what your purpose is and why you're doing what you're doing but just purpose has it doesn't even have you do not have to be a rocket scientist and again look at how we treat again that concept of purpose look how we treat refugees and the ones that we lord 
oh, I had a degree in like when I was in Syria or I came with value because I'm a doctor and look what I became. No, existing should be enough. You are a human being. You are valuable as you are. You bring something to the world by simply existing. Insofar as it will be possible to create a viable economy that won't destroy the planet, we're going to have to think very seriously about what it is we consider to be valuable in work to begin with. So there's all these people who just personally feel their jobs don't actually do anything. I mean, what does that do to the collective soul? I mean, how could you have dignity and labor? You can see how in the Soviet system they're making up jobs to keep everybody working or looking like they're working because they have a full employment ideology. Capitalism is supposed to be the opposite. A capital private firm should not be hiring people who don't do anything, but like it's happening all over the place. And I realize it has to do with our ideology of work. You know, in the 19th century, social movements are actually quite successful in inculcating a labor theory of value. And it was an industrial-based, you know, labor theory of value. It took the factory work as a sort of primary idea of work. But people really believed it. In the 20th century, where this idea is replaced by the notion that productivity comes from the brains of entrepreneurs and you're just a bunch of robots, you know, sort of carrying out their commands. Um, so then the question became how to validate work. So they really pushed this originally Puritan idea that work is just valuable in itself. It doesn't have to produce anything. It's just, you know, if you're not working at something you don't particularly like, you're just a bad person, work shapes character. So in a perverse way, the uselessness of the work actually became a virtue um, because anything that made the work fulfilling sort of undercut that disciplinary um, role of work. And, and this is the way people think nowadays. You know, that's how you have these corporations that don't feel they have to pay people to do art or translation or, you know, anything that you might do because you actually have some interest in the subject, but are willing to shell out all this money on corporate lawyers and strategic vision coordinators and, and people people like that. A lot of the white middle class folks do have that flexibility and that ability the to net. the safety net, really, to, thing. yeah, to yeah. say, you know what, I no longer want to check into this, I'm out. It is so bizarre to me when people talk about like generational wealth and you talk about like there's this huge disparity between the reality, the cost of living consistently, we're talking about this, even before the pandemic, mm. of like the wages being stagnant for years, right? And like how malicious it was when, you know, firefighters were losing like their jobs and the contracts were being shifted and like they would um, strike and like the people would be like, well, I, you know, I'm working in a gig economy, you know, I have zero hour contract. And instead of being like, wait, hold on, this is insane. You should not be at the whims of an employer if they are employing you to do work for them. This, this is not like a sustainable way to live as an individual, but also to run an economy. At some point, this is going to crash and burn. What we've done is like, no, 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 we've individualized it. We've taken systematic issues and personalized, and personalized it. it as individual failings and flaws, right? So if you are not rich, it's not because of all of the things that structurally that stop you from those things. And like the historical context and, you know, ethnicity and race factoring in and even just the fact that like we've had the 08 crash and then the pandemic and like economy is being trashed for like literally years at this point and like austerity and all of these things, the NH is going to hell, health issues, blah, blah, blah. It's not that it's you have failed. Right. But what's really interesting for me when this discussion comes about is like, I don't understand how collectively we've done this because it seems to be like the people discussing this, like, Hey, Maybe we should be opting out of these like systems and like trying to find a different way to live or at least trying to find a way to navigate this like craziness essentially. It's like there isn't, and there's a wholesale swallowing of this. 
And I don't know quite where to pinpoint how and when that happened. How many times have we said, I don't know why people are not rioting in the street? Because right now, this generation of youths, of kids, of workers, of, you know, people in their 20s and 30s, millennials or whatever, are so much worse off than their parents' generation. Yeah. Look at things like cost of living, housing costs, wages. wages. We're actually making less. Social care issue. We're we're making less, paying more taxes. And this is not just in the United Kingdom. This is this is like universal across the globe. Absolutely. We're paying more taxes, however, we're receiving less. We have less hope for when we become senior citizens. We know that we are literally going towards shit. I genuinely believe it's social media. Like, yeah, it, there's like, no other explanation. No other but specifically about why we view things at the way that we view things, why people are not more upset and like why I think right now, like on the internet for me personally, mm. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, so, uh, YouTube, yeah. whatever. I'm in a bubble where I see people that are like me. I think that that's basically how the algorithms work. You are exposed you to, to exactly it, whatever you engage with is what you see. So I see people like yelling and shouting the way that I'm yelling and shouting. But mm. in the, in reality, in real life, when you're walking on the street, when you're at work, when you're at school, people are not as worked up as they should be. And you can see this in how people vote, how people come out how people like if they protest if they don't protest and whatnot not to say that the masses have the power because we don't live in that world yet (laughs) however there is a degree of folks who have just checked out and they're like it is what it is or they just don't or honestly they just don't care or there's that level of delusion oh but I'm going to be different. It's always existed. Like the, the element of like the, what's it called? The struggling millionaire or like the uh, momentarily frustrated millionaire, whatever the term is. That's always existed. That's literally the American dream, right? Pull yourself up by the bootstrap. You too become a billionaire and you too could be president of the United States. The biggest right? leftist, the biggest progressive, the Absolutely. biggest, you know, socialist slash borderline communist has that same belief of, Me I will too. one I'm day different. become... I'm different. My How many times have we different. joked about that? Yeah. You know, like, you know, once I make it, you know, <laughs> screw all you poor. I'm out. Listen, this episode will be disappearing. Uh, my sister will no longer exist. Do not talk to me, poor people, okay? Thank you very much. You do not know me. Um, no, but like, again, I think that has always existed, right? I mean, it has to exist. You have to feed the workers this notion that the reason that their manager or their CEO is their CEO is because simply they worked hard, right? Think of like Bloomberg, like he, he was famous for that. It's literally that whole thing of like, oh, don't take your lunch break. You should work harder. That's why, you know, you're not the manager and you're like still a member of like this lower level staff. But the reality is a lot of that is luck. Like when you look at these, it's the mythologizing of like this single, like successful person, right? Like they all do it, like from Bill Gates to... The man should not be named like a piece of skin and the other one, the Amazon one, right? They all mythologize who they are and where they come about. Like, oh, you know, he started from like nothing. It's like, no, you didn't. He was extremely yeah, wealthy. His like, father his had diamond mines in South Africa, fam. Exactly. Well, and like the mother. other one is like, yeah, it started in a house and garage. Like, yeah, because he bought a second home because it was like financially cheaper and didn't want to pay taxes. Like, do you have second home money, sweetie? Like, do you know what I mean? So it's this thing of like mythologizing like the individual as like they just simply worked hard. And what I think is really interesting is like I can understand how a person like a white person or, you know, like an ordinary, like non-ethnic person, which basically is a white person, will believe in that lie, right? I, I can see how they can feed into that. But what's really interesting for me is like people in our age bracket, people who are like grew up in the same circumstances as we did. You're like, how can you simultaneously in one breath say that my parents worked hard? Why are they not millionaires then, sweetie? Did they not work hard? My father did so much and my mother... Yeah, your mother was the hardest working person that you know. So why isn't she a millionaire? 
if effort and dedication and blood, sweat and tears and sacrifice and penny pinching and not spending on a latte and not, you know, being frivolous with their like Costa coffee was the thing that made them like successful. Why, pray tell, are your parents not wealthy? In general, the concept of a side hustle is horrible because if you think about it, it's anything that you enjoy, anything that you could possibly enjoy, somebody will come up to you and say, hey, you should make money off of this. Hey, you should make a YouTube channel talk about this. Hey, you should write about this on a blog. It's even worse than that. You're not allowed to enjoy anything for the sake of enjoying it. It's even worse than that because it's not even like you're not allowed to have something that you're just good at and you have to make profit of it. No, now it's like you yourself, some aspects of your personality. Are you a little bit funny? Okay, you have like a caricature of yourself. Okay, you can make profit of that. Go on Instagram. Oh, you have an illness? You have something special about you. Oh, you have a new impairment that you, you picked up yesterday. You can sell it too. Now people want to know who's behind the brand. You have to have a face. You have to have a personality. All that is so that you can get your brand farther, so that you can go Absolutely. sell like 20,000 more items Absolutely. of your products, right? But that's another thing. If you do have a business, you're not allowed to be moderately successful. It's the Amazon model. Yeah. mid six figure. that's that's okay. But that's not enough. Because that's, that's literally how we believe like everything's supposed to be now. This is why I genuinely believe all those um uh, like meta and like all those things should be broken up. I think it is absolutely insane when a single few individuals and corporations can have wield so much power with so much scope. It is ridiculous. But it's that notion of like even now the whole tech thing, right? It is not enough to like build something useful or even make something. You have to build something that becomes the only thing for that entire space. The consequences of all of this, the consequences of, you know, wanting to make the most out of your job, your job being your life, your job being your purpose, your goals, your aspirations, you know, the pressure to be productive all the time and all this. You are exhausted at the end of this. The fatigue is real. And the fatigue is a flex because people are out here constantly like touting and yelling. It's a new thing. It's not a new thing. It's a thing. It used to be a thing, right? Back to 2000s, it was like, oh, like I had like four hours of sleep and it was mainly the finance lot. Like, yeah, I had like four hours sleep and I'm running on like eight cups of coffee. You're like, okay, but your heart's going to explode in your chest. But it's made a resurgence mm-hmm. and it's very much like, yeah, yeah, like, um, and then like I'd finished work and then a while I was on the train, then I like read a book and then like I made a blog post and then I, I'm like, wow. And people are going out here like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, oh, I'm burnt out. What and is that your health and it's, and yeah, and it's one thing like, yes, I agree. Like majority of millennials, we're all burnt out. We're all exhausted. It's a, it's a theme. Like, you know, you'll, you'll open up to a friend, you'll find out that they've gone the same through the same thing that you have. <laughs> and the next one has, and you're like, shit, we're all dealing with <laughs> this. Fried. And then all of a sudden, it's a flex to be exhausted. It's a flex to have worked so hard to push yourself to the edge for this job that is perceived to be the best kind of fulfilling job or making the most money or whatever maybe where you are exhausted to the degree where you, you need a break. You can't even enjoy. You can't even enjoy. Like your interpersonal relationships. You're always anxious. You're always like unsettled, always on edge. For what reason? And then like the physical, like how does that physically look like in 10 years time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like what does that look like? When was the last time you went to the gym and didn't go for like, I'm going to the gym for a reason, but I'm just going to go because I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to like relax. There is nothing I nothing. hate more than work hard, play hard. There it's is nothing nonsense. I hate more because how the hell are you supposed to play when you cannot lift your body from your bed? But also, but what for, what for what value though? Like, that's the thing is like, if we were working these things, right, you're doing all these things great. How many, bro, I was reading like articles about the pandemic and talk about like people, most people like in England had like what, less than like 5k in a savings. 
you're you're doing the work. It's not this thing. People are not lazy. This like this pseudo nonsense about people being lazy or like not doing anything. People are working to the bone and have nothing to show for it. No savings, poor health. Everybody needs therapy because of how effed up the world is right now in terms of, you know, our upbringing, the pressures that are put on all of us, work, society, culture. If these external factors did not exist, would we need to go through that? Two thousand like our issues would be collectively eliminated. Exactly. I mean, we might need to still go, but maybe not every single week. Maybe once every two months. You know what I'm saying? And you you know what? That would save you money too. Genuinely. But it's just thing that in itself is a privilege to mm. go to therapy. Yep. Like, it is insane. But it's like, okay, cool. Let's say, even when I, like, again, I'll circle back to, like, the productivity thing. How does that look like for children and their interpersonal relationships with, like, their family and their friends and, like, what they value? And when was the last time their parents had, like, an ounce of kindness for them? Or were they just pushing them to, like, oh, do the sports or whatever just so I can work an extra shift? They had a homework. Like, when was the last time their parents, like, sat down with their homework? What about kids who, you know, have learning disabilities? They became adults. What happened to them? Did these productivity things work for them? <laughs> but it's like that thing of like dinner with Jay Z and like I'm gonna be wealthy too and it's like black capitalists. It's like how what is your blackness and capitalism like the masses and work what that don't match up. The two don't like, match it up. It does not work. And I think like the pinnacle of that for me is like the high idea of like black capitalism is the idea of capitalism but like cloaking it in like black liberation it's a respectability thing right it's that same thing of like if you're respectable then you will become like free or if you um have wealth you become free money does not absolve you from these social issues it doesn't matter how much money you earn how fancy your suit is how fancy your shiny bling bling the piece of metal your watch is it does not absolve you from your blackness and the social ills that come with it we still don't notice this Mm. or don't care to notice because we think the problems are so big it's not Structural change is actually not as far away as people think it is. The reason I am a communist is because I feel that only through a total revolution, which is going to overthrow the capitalist control of the economy, which will seize the wealth from all of the giant corporations that exploit and control the lives of all working people, but particularly black people. And see, I feel that the reason why racism is so blatant is because it has helped those capitalists uh, gain more and more profit. So racism serves as a as a buttress, as an a justification for super exploitation. And I feel that if we're going to talk about the total liberation of black people, we first have to liberate ourselves from the material conditions of our oppression. And the material conditions of our oppression are no jobs, are bad jobs, unemployment, bad housing, bad medical care, and all of the kinds of things that will be eradicated under socialism. I'm not going to lie. I am envious of the folks who are able to say, you know what, bye, I'm out. And they're able to say, you know, this money that I'm making will never buy me a home. It will, I will never own property. What's the option then? I will never have, you know, developed generational wealth or I'll never have excessive amounts. So I'm happy doing this minimum wage thing, paycheck to paycheck thing, renting home. I'm okay with that because I'm satisfied with what I have. Or you can't even rent anymore. Like that's, yeah, that's again, I'm envious of them because we're talking, when I talk, when I say them, that is a middle class solution. Yeah to a problem that people from immigrant, ethnic, it's never uh, you know, yeah. uh, working class backgrounds yeah. will never be able to, you know, experience because at the end of the day, we are trying to punch through from one class to another. 
And the reality of it is that five generations, by the way. Exactly. And the reality is even when you are trying to get to that second rung, for you to take a step back, even if you are able to take a step back, you have too many people riding on your coattails and that you need to support. And that's not that's not even extended family. That's like, you know, immediate family we're talking about. Right. We've also conflated what wealth and like just a paycheck is. That is a delusion. And that's a whole conversation in and of itself that we probably can't get into. But I wanted to conclude all of this on what is the solution alternative? Because right now, everything that we're saying, we're talking about structural issues. We're talking about burning it down. We're talking about, you know, getting people in power, voting, all this bullshit. Let's be realistic and talk about on an individual basis, me as a person, what do I need to do to figure this out? And the only thing I can think of is being truly honest with yourself about what you want and what you need, and then working for that. Because it sounds to me like most of us, we just want, want, want. And that want... You're told that you want. You're told that you want. So you believe that you want. And you want to get everything. Being able to sit down and say, what do I want? What do I need in life? Be Muslim, guys. That's it. She's trying to convert. (laughs) No, even the Muslims. Muslims, you know, say Shahada all over again. Renew your intentions every day. Genuinely, you're right. I think this, when you talk about like solutions, I think there has to be a personal accountability, right? Because you need to stop and think, okay, this is the life that I have, right? There's no do-overs. There's no, um, I'm going to change this. No, no, no. This is it, right? So what do you value? What is important to you? In the words of the great Britney Spears, Mm -hmm. you want a hot body? (laughs) You want a Maserati? (laughs) You better work. (laughs) But But that's the reality of it. If you want those things, work. If you're happy with the simple things in life. What a simple thing means. Yeah. What is literally, if you are not healthy, what are you working, babe? If you are literally fried and, and have no health care, what 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 are you working? What how can that be simple? It should be the most important thing to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, now family, you are working this amazing job, making all this money. You don't have a single real friend. You don't have someone to talk to when you are sad. You don't have a partner if you care for intimate relationships. Now you talk about I'm lonely. We need to go back to like what do you truly value and what does that mean? But that has to be a collective decision that we make as a society. But on an individual level, don't create for work. Come on, die for work. It doesn't matter what you want for yourself. If you do not prioritize your mental state, your mental health, um, your, I don't, I want to say your personal needs almost. So like things like family, things like, um, what is important community yeah. what like those things that are nourishing to the and soul almost them. and cu- yeah you have to cultivate them and there is no way no matter what it doesn't matter whether you want to have a 30k paycheck 10k paycheck i don't know how people live off of that <laughs> or a 2100k whatever paycheck it doesn't matter what you want if you don't have those things and if you don't ensure that those yeah. aspects of your life are well watered and well supported but also and that there is a sacrifice that you have to sacrifice you have to give something up this idea you can have it you can't have it all you can't have it's it all a, it's an illusion it's bullshit you cannot have and they everything. really fed us that especially really being did. especially as black muslim women oh my god the way yeah, that they the, told the us the era mm, um the girl boss, boss bullshit. um gatekeep um all that good stuff oh, like gosh. you cannot uh-uh. you cannot but um yeah i think there's just there's a huge disparity between the reality of like the economic status as it is, what that means for people, their outlook, their way that it's just, it's not sustainable. Like something has the give. And I think I, I really thought the pandemic would be like the kind of like wake up moment for a lot of people. 
but it's not. It's not. It's not. And I don't know what else can do. If a literal plague on your house is, <laughs> is not going to be like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. And actual proof that your government is funneling money to its buddies, like en masse, like silly money. What simultaneously telling you to um, crowdfund for the NHS. What do you want? Like, not savable. Like, it's savable. it's mad because I think that's just people desensitized because it's not one thing. Let's be real, Tobias. It isn't about. <laughs> I, had to, I was about to say your real name. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Let, let's be honest, Tobias. Yeah. Like, the reality of it is, a pl- a plague would not have done anything. How many times has something as outrageous as this happened in the past? The oh wait, crash was a moment, collective moment, right? With the Occupy movement, genuinely, it was crushed. There was a collective moment of like, oh no, no, the system is rigged. Like people lost their pensions, bro. There's actual data about how many people directly died from cancer in America because they lost, and it goes into like the hundreds of thousands, right? People lost, people were homeless. Do you remember like, um, in like America, they were seeing foreclosures daily. Mm. It was insane. Do you not, do you not remember the dollar houses? Exactly. There was, there was a genuine hatred of like, just not bankers, it's just people, but I'm talking about the people who were like, fully like exploiting the system mm-hmm. and there was a collective understanding of like oh this is rigged and people lost their pensions their entire livelihoods right entire families lost wealth and were pushed back into poverty for years on end right then on top of that we had like the shamelessness of austerity measures of libraries do you know how malicious that is closed libraries for children in like poor areas they need to keep folks uh, whether it's closing libraries, whether it's reducing services, they need to keep poor folk preoccupied with all this bullshit. Absolutely. And like remove all the education they would have had in order to get rid of that anger. Absolutely. That initial, that, that wave of anger that yeah. we were all experiencing when this like, was happening. It's happening again. It's, it happens in ways where there, there, something malicious and meticulous happens to crush these like movements and like moments of like, oh, there's a collective understanding of like the system is rigged, but we can change it. And it's not as steady and as stable as they pretend it to be. And then what happens? People are defending like social media or, or billionaires. Like that jump does not just happen by accident. It happens by design. I just don't know how and when it happened, right? Mm. And it's happened again. It will happen again. People are like, oh, pandemic, you lost your job, make a YouTube channel. This is how I'm reach- Wait, what? <laughs> <sighs> this is a topic I feel like there are so many angles to come in on it. There are work people scam, who are, guys. work is a scam. There are people who are much more educated than us on the topic that can go oh, on and on about it. And uh, we will definitely be including tons of resources in the description for the episode for you guys to reference and to look into because please do not fall for it. Join us in liberation. Trying to radicalize people. We're trying to, yes. Okay. Don't say that on a podcast. Primarily. Anyways. But like I said, we can go on forever, forever. Thank you so much, Tobias, for joining us today. Um, it was actually fun to chat about this. And to be honest, it's what we chat about a lot. We just said turn on the That's literally all I do. Like, it's all we do. It's all we do. Anti-capitalism. Just rant, rant, rant. rant. What are we doing? <laughs> Nothing. Taking away individualism, I think that's the best thing that people can do. Finding something of value that you hold dear, value work within your community. Forget about social media and mm-hmm. all those other things. Build within your communities look into like um supporting people that you can and like cultivating something meaningful basically don't chase air like mm-hmm. whatever's meaningful to you and something meaningful by choice exactly and something meaningful does not mean money it no. doesn't have to be money it doesn't have to make you money guys that's Nor the important is it, thing is it something that can be measured on social media exactly exactly Leave life, babes. yes and on that note guys if you want to <laughs> toss in your two cents you want to add to the conversation if you want to 
like you know let us know about anything or your viewpoints on any of this no, that I we talked care. about I said what I said I meant what I said she That's said what, what she said however we on the podcast <laughs> We'd like to hear and uh, hear your say on it. So please email us at uh, abwanchronicles at gmail.com. You can also message us or add us on social media. Instagram and Twitter are at abwanpodcast. Uh, curious cat, curiouscat.me forward slash abwanpodcast. For those of you who would like to be anonymous, uh, for whatever reason, uh, let's not go into that. And uh, yeah, we also have a TikTok account, by the way, which no we sometimes way. Po- yeah, we sometimes post on. It's uh, Abwan Chronicles. The guys getting hit with it. Yeah, because someone. Yes. Yeah, because somebody took the Abwan podcast at on TikTok. I don't know why. No way. Mad disrespectful. <laughs> Mad disrespectful. So we're at Abwan Chronicles. The game, the game is the game. The game is the game. The game is the game. And also, like y'all, you know, you can buy us, you can buy us coffee if you like, you know, like on the regular basis. Oh, support the brand. Support the brand. Support the brand. That's also an option. The link is in the description below. And yeah, we have merch on the side too. Yeah. Head over to our website and yeah, help support the brand. This is gonna come out in the first week of Ramadan, actually. Is it? So Ramadan Mubarak to all of y'all. Ramadan Mubarak, guys. And Sorry, hopefully you guys well. all have a great and productive. <laughs> <laughs> our arch nemesis of award you guys all have a great and blessed ramadan that you are able to you know take advantage of and benefit from inshallah and we are doing our ramadan one or three dates episodes so tune in for those and the ramadan book club oh i will be part of that mm-hmm. make sure you are part of that all the details for everything i've mentioned are going to be in the description for those of you who are interested and goodbye assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh